You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Hello listeners and welcome back to the Batuta Advocate radio show for the first time in 2019. My name is Errol Parker and alongside me here in the booth is an extremely sunburnt Clancy Overall who's just rolled back in from the sunny coast, was it? Yes mate, Little Longridge up there in Mooloolabar. Had a lovely time, very extended break over Christmas. And hello listeners, happy new year to you all. I hope the break has treated you as well as it did me and you didn't have to suffer through... Too many uncomfortable family moments or rows, if you will. Now, as we do every week, we've managed to track down an interesting guest uh, to join us here on the airwaves, and he'll be stopping into the booth here at the Koala Mattress Studios shortly. Yes, he's been making a few headlines lately in the country summer game, and he told us he's ready to tee off on a few people. His name is Edward James Mackenzie Cowan, an 18-test veteran who used to display the stoicism at the top of the order we haven't seen for a fair while now, uh, and he's currently working for the ABC Grandstand team. Yes, yes, he's got a unique insight into the game that captures the nation's attention over the summer months, and he's certainly an interesting character. He's been going in on the selectors of late. He's had a lot to say in that area, and has recently had a run-in with the esteemed and well-regarded politician that is former Labor leader Mark Latham. So it should make for an interesting chat today. He certainly isn't the first to feel the wrath of the former Labor leader, and I'm sure he won't be the last either. Certainly not. At least he managed to escape from a run-in with Latham without getting a broken arm. Or a broken fucking arm, as they used to say uh, when he was still playing. Lucky indeed. Anyway, he's just stepped into the booth, so uh, let's get things on the road, shall we? Yes. Here we are with an Aiden Test legend, an ABC identity. He's been described as the David Pocock of cricket. Um, Ed Cowan, how are you, mate? Well, lads, I don't know if any of that is uh, terribly exciting. Aiden Test doesn't make you a legend, for the, for the record. I don't think well, working for the ABC certainly doesn't make an identity. It's certainly made Rob Quiney a legend, and he only played two. Yeah, but one of one of his innings, well, sorry, one of his tests was one of the great pairs Test cricket's ever seen <laughs> on a flat, hot Adelaide day. Beautiful. No runs. Some Second innings, no runs. Bob, I love you. I don't know he's made a great career out of making a Test pair. <laughs> yes. What do you reckon he's up to now? Bobby, he's got a landscaping business, and he's he's got a podcast as well, run uh, with a betting company. All right. Yeah. And what are you up to now? Fuck. Heaps. Um, got a sore knee. Yeah, got a sore knee. That's from club cricket. Still playing club cricket yeah. on the weekend. Uh, Sydney Uni had a win. Um, working for the ABC over the summer, which has been good fun. Mm-hmm. Had Mark Latham called me an elite lefty on Twitter the other day, which yeah, is, I saw know, that. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. we can we can get to that. So that, you know, that's the kind of stuff you got to put up with working the ABC, mm-hmm. um, being trolled by part-time politicians, mm-hmm. and I've got a little coffee capsule company, yeah. Tripod yeah. Coffee, good place for a plug, yeah, Batuta podcast, no bigger audience in the world, no, no, and I uh, work for a private investment firm called TDM Growth Partners. So you got a bit on, yeah, a bit on the plate. Uh, that's good stuff. You've been asked a lot for comment, um, and you've given it. That's probably why you're getting asked. <laughs> what, Circular, what, yeah. Yeah, what do you think? Like, Do, do you think uh, the current uh, Australian cricket side, do, do you reckon it's really that much panic stations, like as, as you know, the uh, domineering kind of over-the-top media would tell us? Yeah, good question. Um, so my view is no. I think there's a heap of talent 
in Australian cricket that has been for a while, but basically the structure around them is completely flawed. The for a variety of reasons, um, and I, I won't bore you. The, the the structure around high performance cricket has gone backwards. Um, it's going to take a long time to get out of that pattern, and it's going to take some change in in how Australian cricket's structured. But my view is that the actual players themselves have probably been let down a bit by the system and we're kind of reaping what we sow in, in Australian cricket and it's, it's quite sad. Watch, it was hard watching this summer. Um, some good people, some bloody good cricketers, but just not good enough. We had a lot of players, uh, especially in the in the halcyon days of Australian cricket, the late 90s, early 2000s, um, that came through the Cricket Academy. Um, just wondering how, how many of them come through through that passage yeah well so okay so when we talk about a, a flawed structure that what they now call the center of excellence is is part of that um sort of it's changed shape it used to be a bit of a finishing school and now it, it's a bit of throwing sort of darts at a dartboard and hoping that a young kid comes off so that they send a whole heap of young kids up there as opposed to it used to be hard and first class cricketers a bit of a stepping stone between maybe state cricket and international cricket now it, yeah. it's like this sort of glorified underage talent camp yeah. um, that everyone gets mollycoddled and told how good they are and then they start believing it a bit too much. So it's gone from being like a cricket TAFE college to being like a, uh, a cricket school camp. Basically, well, it, it's gone from being like a university master's degree yeah. to being your year 10 sort of uh, TAFE. A bit like... Super rugby model where they try and get these kids in as young as early and get as many shoulder injuries as possible before they can even really hit their straps. Bang on. And obviously, you know, Pat Howard, he, he's, he did wonders for rugby, but, you know, didn't he do a job on cricket? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's always been a source of mystery for me, Ed, that you've had all these kids who've grown up kind of watching the people like Shane Warne and, and, and Steve War come through and... And uh, now that we're getting to the time where we've got these youngsters are, are coming to the age where they should be playing for Australia, there's none. I mean, there isn't a leg spin bowler who's been watching Warney as a kid. He hasn't come through. There hasn't been a a, a, a rampaging Steve Stephen War type. There hasn't been a bloke like Mark Waugh who likes to walk across his stumps. You know, it's all very, you know, just carbon copy type stuff. Yeah, it's, it's certainly, and I think that's part of the problem. Um it's been very centralised in how you how you bat. I think one of the glorious things of Australian cricket, you know, historically has been we've had so many players from the bush with what you'd call bush techniques that have just been honed yeah. uh, on the farm in country cricket, uh, and then they they turn up and score a mountain of runs. And the you know the, the most recent one was Phil Hughes. Um, that doesn't really happen anymore because you get sent to these academies so young. And these youth pathways systems where you, you have to do X, Y, and Z to progress, and you know it's all picked on rather than volume of runs, how hard you hit the ball, uh, how fast you bowl, um, how pretty it is, rather than how many runs you score and how many wickets you take. So I, I think we're really missing that sort of bush, as you said, that bush yeah. element to our cricket, and uh, it's something that that needs to come back. But we've kind of done this whole generation of Australian. Cr- cricket is a bit of a disservice with, with how it's been structured. It's a bit like the Olympians because they, by the time they compete and they and, and they, they get sent to the Olympics, they don't even have a hometown anymore because they've spent their most of their life in the AIS in Canberra. So you, you, you think there's a lot of personality missing as well? 
Yeah, I think professional sport generally. I don't think it's it's necessarily cricket. I just think the way professional sport is now, it's it's pretty hard to to be a bit of an outlier personality wise. Um, You've got to be women's day friendly. You do well. You don't have to be, but uh, you know it certainly helps. You know everyone's image conscious. Um, so I, as I said, I think that's it's professional sport generally, and and the the machine that is professional sport. There's so much money in the game. You know, people are, are, are pretty vanilla. Well, the, the sports kind of show that's on before us here at uh, Desert Rock FM, uh, Hello Sport, they've found a correlation between uh, the WAGs and the players whereby in the 90s we didn't have too many flash WAGs. Mm. Look at now, it now, though. Glamour's everywhere. Where now, you yeah. know, you've, you've got, you know, all, all these... Influencers, yeah, yeah, that are, yeah, on the Instagram, that that yeah, they can be a bit of a distraction. You know, yeah, they, uh, <laughs> it's an interesting theory. Yeah, I think there's a there's a pretty strong correlation. I think you know it, it's a hard one. I mean, it's a, a tricky situation because you don't realise how little time uh, you spend at home. Now with an international cricket schedule, if you're in the team, let's say in two formats, you could have. 20 days in your own bed let's say across the year by the time you go cash in at the IPL and you know really get your bank manager pumped up for that yeah Uh, 20 days a year at home you would not see your wife or your kids so they kind of have to go on tour but you're right it's changed the dynamic of tours a lot some would definitely argue for the better. It's probably yeah. normalised them a little bit, as you can imagine. Well, but back in the uh, day, they used to do four months in the Caribbean, you know? <laughs> just, yeah, just blokes. Yeah, yeah, no, only two yeah. months of cricket, but, you know, four months of blokes on tour. Yeah, no, we spoke to Mike Whitney last year, and he said he, he, he went on the last great tour of the Caribbean. He said he was over there for for almost 100 days, and he said it was it was it was was there was a lot of... Uh, there was a lot of living and just a little bit of cricket. So I don't know how many stories he told, uh, but between, you know, like Whitney, Matthews, it was an era of uh, they just wouldn't have got got away with anything like yeah. what they used to. In yeah. this day and age of smartphones, yeah. holy smokes. Yeah, yeah, no, it'd be in the WhatsApp <laughs> group. It'd be WhatsApp group quite quickly. <laughs> now, can you tell us what is the archetype of an Australian cricket? I mean, you're an outlier. You, uh, you grew up in the Wentworth electorate, but... What where where are the kids coming from? Where if you were to say, like go to a high school or go to a a town in Australia and uh, and and expect to find a cricketer, where would that be? Would that be Matraville Boys High? Would that be would that be Cootamundra? Yeah, I think I think traditionally you'd you'd say your chances in the bush are yeah. better than the city. I don't think that's I think that's probably the opposite today, and I think it's probably there's been a bit of a reversal all around the country as to. A cricketer could come from anywhere, which is which is good in a yeah. sense, but it also means you don't get these hotbeds yeah. that traditionally have have been so good to us. So it is a bit of a different model. People from you know different walks of life, which is which is good for the game as well. Now you've got a funny story from two thousand and five. Can we do, can we just touch on that? Which you one? were, <laughs> I mean, he's got a sore knee, so he's not having a beer today. But in two thousand and five, you were having a beer uh, in the SCG members, and um, you got a call up. Can you tell us what happened there? Yeah, no worries. It's probably, you know, my most asked question. So yeah. good to see you going well, straight to the top of the tree. That well, way, well, well, who's the fast bowler you've ever faced? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure we'll get to that. What's but, Warnie uh, like in later. real life? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, day two of the Sydney test, a bit hungover from day one, turn up with a few mates in the, the members bar. 
you know, obviously doing the Paddington uh, gift, mm-hmm. trying to get a seat, uh, 10.30 in the morning, have a tinny with a few mates in the line. I was in the state squad at the, mo- at the time. Just come back from making my New South Wales debut and um, the so, you know, cricket still has a room attendant, the guy yeah. who looks after the, the towels and washes whites and mm-hmm. you know, just generally attends to prima donna cricketers, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, usually ripping blokes, yeah. as you can imagine. Um, they keep secrets. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, he saw me and said, mate, we need a we need a 13th man to run some drinks. And I was... Um, I was like, mate, I've, you know, I've had a couple of beers already. Yeah. He was like, no, 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 it's fine. You just, you just got to run drinks, mix a few drinks, run a few barocas to Warney, you know, yeah. that, that that kind of vibe. Do a crossword. You'll get well fed. We'll give you some gear at the end of the day. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Why not? Never been in the Australian. Never met my idol, Ricky Ponting. Yeah. Go for it. So sure enough, you know, you can only imagine how it plays out. But um, Brad Hodge, who was 12th man at the time, he, he had no interest in being 12th man. You know, mm. test double 100 didn't yeah. deserve, probably deserved to be in the team, wasn't showing much interest in the 12th man duty, so I'm doing the drinks. And uh, Andrew Simons comes off, he had a sore knee or something, um, and Hodgie just didn't want to go on. He was stuck in head down in a crossword. So I went and fielded after a few beers in the test match, <laughs> uh, which sound like, in hindsight, you know, great fun. Yeah. But you can imagine... Just absolutely shitting yourself. Yeah. No, never played test cricket. Didn't belong there. Didn't know anyone. <laughs> full, full, full house at the SCG, and I'm three deep. And for anyone that knows me, I don't hold. You know, I don't hold three beers very well. The best times, all yeah. and um, trying to field cricket balls. Well, every <laughs> single person you know is watching live. Yeah, yeah, and some. Yeah, <laughs> and some. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if that happened today, but. Uh, so that was my that was my first taste of international cricket. Oh, that's and it's, it's a great yarn, and it's obviously one that you know um, you you you've you've now told on the biggest podcast in Australia. So there's really um, it's probably going to take from your corporate speaking gigs now that everyone's heard it. But yeah. uh, is that one is that one you trot out at the corpies? Oh, uh, for the we call them cashies. But uh, <laughs> how many corpies have you done? Oh, lost count, man. And who for? Uh, <laughs> Just give me a few of your sponsors' names. Yeah, yeah. Koala mattress. Uh, yeah, oh, AGM, yeah. Mate, koala mattress. I've got a koala mattress. Yeah. Those things are bloody comfortable. Yeah, yeah. We're well, so, loyal to the captain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if only the loyalty was two ways. <laughs> um, well, from uh, one pressure cooker to another, uh, Mark Latham, uh, who <laughs> who is uh, who who is running. Uh, as the One Nation mm. uh, bloke this upcoming New South Wales state election, uh, he uh, he moved the laser onto you. Didn't uh, he? Well, wasn't that a, a cheap couple of shot. weeks ago? He no, it was you, earlier uh, this week. I think it was uh, it was only a couple of days ago. Captain Obvious Cowan, he called yeah, you? Yeah, which now my mates have really taken mm. it. I, I get, you know, COC. I'm now being called cock. Uh, I guess it's better, it's better than Big Puppy. <laughs> so, yeah, old Latho. And, yeah. like, the oddity being... He played at Sydney Uni Cricket Club. He's meant to be one of the, you know, the SUCC brothers. Mm. Little does anyone know he got banned for abusing an umpire in the 79, uh, 78, 79 season. No, you wouldn't, but you wouldn't believe that. But, you know, Latho, never. Yeah. Um, so he, he got banned from the club for a bit. Um, he broke the taxi driver's that's arm. That's exactly. So yeah. he took a pot shot on Twitter. And for those that, I don't know, you might have it in front of you, but he, he was, 
I'd, I think I threw out like a random sort of board tweet on the couch that the Big Bash was going on for too yeah. long. Which I think it, it is, and I said four weeks, it might be two, whatever. The point still stands, I still believe in it. Yeah. He just had an absolute personal pot shot, was like, <laughs> don't worry, anything's better than listening to Captain Obvious Cowan on the ABC. <laughs> nice one, no worries. I'd, you know what, I'd take that from absolutely anyone in the world. And on Twitter, as you know, you've got to take it from a few people. Yeah. I'm not taking it from that prick. <laughs> what a fuck. Honestly, he's, he's a bigot, a racist, and an absolute moron. And I was like, you know what? I was sort of drifting off to sleep when I read it. I was like, he's not getting away with that. So I just threw something out and woke up to an absolute shitstorm. <laughs> and then he had a pot shot at Glenn Mitchell. I don't know if you saw that. Who's a very respected ABC commentator. And they had yeah. a full... Anyway, I think the funniest thing to emerge from that was there's this Twitter account that is solely dedicated to seeing Mark Latham in a in a dirty polo and oversized. Prime uh, Minister's eleven, yeah. two thousand fifteen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, that, so that for me, I, I wasn't aware of that story, but that is absolutely good because he he's dedicated his life. Uh, I forget his Twitter handle to like this revelation of Mark Latham. Uh, dressed as a bum at, yeah. at Monica <laughs> Oval during a Prime Minister's game. For the, for the listeners who aren't following, there is a, a prominent uh, Twitter troll, and we'll put his uh, we'll put his uh, Twitter handle in the in the notes for the show. Who has dedicated the last two years to uh, trolling Mark Latham uh, over the fact that he saw him at the Prime Minister's eleven match in Canberra in 2015 wearing oversized footy shorts and a dirty polo. Yeah. <laughs> and and Latho's denied it on the basis that he's never been to a PMs a game. So the, anyway, they've, they've got the dates coming in and they've worked out it was actually a one-day international. And so, like, and Latho's back down from that. Like, he, he can't deny it now. He still looks like a tramp. You know, anyway. <laughs> That's it. But, uh, but, but if it's any consolation, he hasn't got a blue tick yet. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you get a blue tick for just trolling women on social media, but... Mm. As a ABC juggernaut, of course, Ed. Elite lefty, I think he called me as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Elitist. <laughs> Elitist lefty. Which, you know, that was a highlight. So tell us, uh, this time last year, maybe a bit later in the year, were you sitting there thinking, fuck, I'm glad I swerved all this? Mm. With the, um, Ball tampering. Yeah. yeah. Sandpaper gate. Yeah, I think anyone who wasn't at in the team at the time was thinking, oh, shit, this is... Uh, this is pretty messy. I don't think the guys on the ground at the top, well, as in on the ground in South Africa, realised how messy it was. That's, I guess, a testament to the yeah. gilded bubble that uh, sportsmen can sometimes live in. Mm. Uh, but from the outside, I think that was... I mean, I never saw anyone put sandpaper on a ball in my time in professional cricket. Yeah. So it was it was a bit of a, a wake-up call. And, yeah, it's going to take a while, I think, to to drag drag it back. But you know what? I thought Payne did a pretty good job this summer of and has done a good job of, of restoring a bit of faith. Yeah. Do you think that you could make any impact on the ball in terms of, you know, having it move with a tiny piece of sandpaper? Yeah. Is yes. it superstition? No. <laughs> no. You, you, you boys should play around the office and just yeah. see what you can do with a piece of sandpaper on a ball. Because so, what you do, because at training, yeah. to practice against reverse swing... You'd get a ball and rub it against against a rocky yeah, uh, yeah. wall yeah. or whatever. Or get, yeah. people have sandpaper on their We've bag. We've all done that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, but a tiny piece of you know like it only needs a little bit. Really, four hundred yeah. grand. You're a, you're a firm believer because Whitney and a few of the old school that we've had on the he show. Said, they just he eat. goes, he goes, nah, mate. It's much easier to make the other side shiny. Yeah. So you, you just you just got to put a piece of. <laughs> I think I think <laughs> he's forgotten. 
yeah, yeah. Just so, a bit of Vaseline down the side of your pants and get that side. So it's all about it's it's all about the rough side. Really? Right. Yeah. That's why people have like when Faf got done with the zipper on his pocket. Yeah. They, anyone can shine a ball. Yeah. That's why people have sugar in yeah. their mouths. Yeah, and yeah. Bite, you know that. But it, you need Any it to be rough. Can. You need one side yeah. to be rough. Hypothetically, though, if yeah. uh, if Smudge came up to you or Warner, your opening partner, hypothetically, mm. and said, "All right, Cowan, we're getting fucking done here. Mm. I need you to tamper this ball, and I need you to do it without the cameras." <laughs> You'd say, would you be like, oh, geez, Dave, that's a bit hard, or, or, or come on, Steve, that's a bit, you know, that, that's a bit crook. Or can you give me some fucking sandpaper that's not bright yellow? Yeah. <laughs> or would you say, yep, n- n- no worries, a, Chief. It was only a sticky piece of tape with some rocks on it. <laughs> um, look, I think in, in Test cricket, if you anyone that's played understands, you cannot get away with scratching yourself in the wrong place, let alone scratching a ball. Um, There are so many cameras. There are slow-mo cameras. Cameras coming out of the roof, you know, so you'd be a a bit of an idiot to to think that you could get away with that and pretty naive. And there was an instance in a test match in Hobart where I was shining the ball, but in slow motion it looked looked dodgy. Um, And and that's just like slowing it. It's like catching, slowing it down. So lots of cameras, you, you wouldn't even contemplate it. Now I got a question. I mean, aside from that 2005 team, which was, um, you know, you said you, sp- you spent five minutes playing alongside, um, and it was filled to the brim with personalities. The ones you just mm. named then, kind of. I, I just got Warnie, a bit giddy, yeah. yeah, listening to some of the. I'd like, you know, hanging out with those guys would just be a dream for many people. Who is the most underrated uh, personality you played with? Who is the best bloke that you hadn't really met until you were in the mix? Oh, good question. Bit like, as in. So the, I think the bet and certainly a, a good candidate for the podcast is George Bailey, yeah. everyone's favourite cricketer. Yeah. Um, before I played with George, he obviously he was always a friendly guy, but he's downright hilarious. Yeah. He's very very amusing. Um, but of those sort of big, uh, probably you spent time. Would you? Would you? You in Tasmania playing with him? Yeah, I was. I yeah. spent a lot of time with George. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Right, maybe a Ryan Harris or yeah. a mate, and Rick, like Ricky Ponting's a completely different bloke behind the scenes than yeah. what you than what you probably perceive him to be. Yeah, yeah. post bourbon and beef state. Oh, Huss, <laughs> <laughs> Huss, Huss. has a, he's got an alter ego after yeah. a few beers. Maurice, yeah, Maurice Hussey, good fun <laughs> to be a part of. <laughs> Well, this is all we well, wanted to hear. Really. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind. Who's yeah. the best bloke? Uh, <laughs> what about you? While I just came to not best bloke, but while we're still talking cricket and a little bit of politics, and you probably don't realise it, but my claim to fame was actually you putting ScoMo's face on my yeah on my photo, <laughs> allegedly. Then, uh, uh, no, not not. And then I'm still waiting for the royalty. Honestly. <laughs> Oh, the Night Watchman. Yeah, the, the, the Instagram likes that you guys got out of my glorious pull shot. <laughs> I, I, I want some, some a, repaid. A hell of a job putting his face inside a cricket helmet, you know, because there's a lot of mm. stuff. But obviously that was the article we had to run. We had to find an image for it, yeah. which was uh, was uh, after the leadership spill when uh, the Liberal Party decided that they were going to send Scott Morrison out as the Night Watchman for the final swirl of the toilet. Yeah, because... Uh, because when all of that was happening, uh, it's actually the same 
weekend as the Batuta races, so the office was 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 quite empty. Yeah, yeah. Um, bare bones. At that stage, we had everyone down at the turf club, and then you know when the spill happened, we had to hop back in the car, mm. completely sober, and head up mm. to the office there on Daru Street. Mm. Um, it was just tough. a short, just a short walk from where we are now, and we uh, obviously got the, uh, the the graphics guy to really, you know, to no, he nailed it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> so, straight to get images. Yeah, I thought he'd. Uh, I thought he was probably going to go with uh, with a mark. Cosgrove type person as yeah, opposed it to was, it was a it was an odd choice but yeah it's a very uh, mm. very flattering image of ScoMo it was a big Kahuna that, yeah. a West Indian who was a big unit no nah, I used used to play for Bermuda you're thinking of Dwayne Leverock that's it oh. that was a big boy. he took that absolute Hang fucking up. screamer mm. at second slip uh, during the 2000 and six or three well six the, the one in the seven. Caribbean seven yeah, yeah the Caribbean yeah there's some great stories of the Bermuda boys just I know a bloke who, who coached them yeah right and it just cricket was a second was a second <laughs> he was a, oh, he a, was a cop of that bloke too. yeah exactly they, they'd, they'd turn up at training days blokes just wouldn't turn up game day nowhere to be seen <laughs> oh bless them and it's great to have these you know these these countries involved in um, of course World Cups and, and the like um do you do you ever get little kind of conferences going on the those kind of international comps? Are you saying did we like mix with other yeah, blokes like from other teams? Have, yeah. have you ever been yeah. in a room? Have you been in a room with you know uh, more than five different countries? Uh, probably not five, but I've certainly you know socialised heavily with yeah. members of, of the opposition, yeah. and which is it's this oddity is it's kind of frowned upon, which is really yeah. like I don't understand why you can't be friends off the field and try yeah. and kick their ass on it so i've never and i always played um knowing that you know some of the great memories you'll have won't necessarily be mm. on the field or be meeting people from different parts of the world so you know like i the night before the ashes in 2013 i was at graham swan's house having a barbecue yeah, yeah. uh knowing that he was probably going to get me out a few times during yeah. the series but <laughs> good bloke great fun and you set yourself up for a few cashies in England. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he can, he, he can put a good word in for me, and we'll, you know, a few cashies here or there. So, are you um, are you on the just in terms of like maybe not cricket Australia, but in terms of the, the greater kind of uh, squad? Would you be on uh, the Christmas card list? Would you say of the players or yeah. the administrators? The administrators, the, the, mm, probably not the administrators. Yeah, I don't think they appreciate having the mirror held up to. Yeah. Uh, to what they're doing yeah. <clears throat> and I think the joy of radio is you can actually dig pretty deep on a few of those issues so over the summer I think we we tackled a few things that I don't think would have gone down too well uh, and they were never all that thrilled with a few things I used to say on social media but the player I've, some of my best mates still play so I'd certainly expect yeah. to be on the on the Christmas card list of, yeah. of most of the playing group and obviously we had that bitter um, player dispute not so long ago as well uh, yeah. which was sort of ugly and got played out in public so I, I, I don't know if I've, yeah. I've been forgiven for my role with the ACA in that maybe yeah. well uh, you did have to go up against uh, their chief sort of ring kisser in Michael Slater mm. I mean uh, he, uh, <laughs> that was yeah now that, I, that was a yeah incredible interview caught me a bit off guard I must say that a, a fellow uh, Oh, yeah, oh, oh, a bloke that did so well out of the system that. Uh, yeah, but anyway, we've kissed and made up. We had a we had a beer this summer. 
Yeah, like it seems like there's a lot of personalities, and and I'm going to ask you because you've um, throughout this interview you've proven yourself to be you know you have basically acceptable uh, interpersonal skills. Is the rumours true that most cricketers actually are massive nerds? Uh, no, I'd go the other way. Yeah. I reckon the day of the nerd is is almost dead. Yeah, unfortunately, right. you know, yeah. like people almost think they're a bit cooler. Like traditionally, you had the Julios and the nerds, and that yeah. would be you know a pretty cutthroat line down the middle. Now, I think being a nerd's a pretty lonely place in in the cricket world. Yeah, I think that Stuart McGill is probably the last big nerd that we're probably going to have. Chris it? Rogers, I reckon. Rogers, yeah. yeah. Chris Rogers, a nerd. Smudge is a bit of a nerd. Oh yeah. I can see Smudge playing on his Nintendo. <laughs> like plenty, uh, yeah. Pl- you know, a bit like too much PlayStation on to, his Game Boy. You know, just <laughs> yeah. In the dressing room, going, uh, I'll pull him in at six hundred. You know? <laughs> Not anymore. They're fielding anymore. all. They're, <laughs> mate, they're fielding four days out of five. <laughs> now let's talk about the toxic culture. Did you think that was a big issue when they announced all the review? Did you think that was something that needed to be fucking tuned in, or do you think yeah. that's a, a scapegoat? Do you think that's a that's something to, a head to jump on? Yeah, so that was something that I actually anyone that had sort of been close to it had probably seen it coming for a while, and would probably definitely agree with with what Longstaff and and the review came out with. So I think it's easy when I guess you're in the team and and winning that just beat in England to. To not really necessarily see the cracks that had been papered over, but I, I don't think the the culture had been too good for for very long, and I, I think um, Steve Smith probably took over a team that probably was was fractured to to a degree, yeah. um, and then it just it just kept going. So do you, do you think where do you think? Like when we talk about toxic culture, for the punter, that's not defined, and that that becomes, yeah, sure. And, and you can mix that with anything. Yeah, um, you know, they might be thinking it's a bit Gillette, you know, or they mm. might be thinking it's a bit uh, bureaucratic. Yeah. Or w- what is it? I mean, obviously, a lot of us are saying sledging isn't necessarily uh, what we think is the issue. As the punter, we we love seeing a bit of niggle. Yeah. So I think there's a difference between niggle and personal abuse. Yeah. Um, I think the team probably overstepped the mark, but I think that was. Probably more a symptom of the that that wasn't the necessarily a culture. It was yeah. it was a symptom of the entitlement that you could get away with anything. Yeah. Um, whether it was scratching a ball with sandpaper, barking at someone on the field like they were a dog. Yeah. Uh, abusing someone about something else. You know, not really understanding that you probably do have a a sense not only to yourself and the team to behave in a normal fashion we're not asking for anything above normal mm. codes of behavior broken fucking arm kind yeah of exactly <laughs> you don't go down the street saying you're gonna break someone's fucking arm you don't yeah. you don't bark at someone who doesn't serve you a drink you know or you know like abuse even little things off the field abusing wait staff in indian hotels and yeah you know, like just the sense that of of entitlement yeah, I, right. I, I don't think so oh, interesting yeah yeah, so so and and obviously that all came crashing down. So it did. The review, yeah, the review came too late. It'll be interesting to see what um, comes of it, though, because one thing's doing a review, the next is an acting yeah. change. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's easy to hone in on the team, but I think yeah. it was kind of pretty systemic in amongst the administrators as well. I know there's been a clean out, but all the appointments have been internal. You know, it'll be interesting yeah. to see if anyone actually has the the guts and courage to say, you know what, what 
actually was going on wasn't right and we're fundamentally going to change our attitude to dealing with broadcasters. You know, there's a horrible story of the, the former bo- chairman of the board calling the, the um, chairman of CNN, you know, a, a bottom feeder, not CNN, CB, CBS, a bottom feeder. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. That's just not a. That's not how you deal with people in real life. A bit, bit red hot. Well, well, yeah, it, well it, it is from the Kerry Packer school of negotiation. It, it really is the chairman of Cricket Australia is no Kerry Packer. Yeah. So as, <laughs> there, there, there comes a, a certain element uh, of, as, as we've of all dignity. Learned, yeah. As we've all learnt with this yeah. most recent rights deal. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that the first the, the first kind of taste that a lot of the Australian public got. That there was something a bit wrong in the team was, you know, that infamous showdown between Simon Kadich and 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 Michael Clark. Mm. You know, where you've, you've got Simon Kadich who made his debut, you know, before nine eleven. You know, in those two in those two thousand and one Ashes, and you've got you know a team a team full of pups, really. You know, a team full of kids, and you had this and you, and you had this young bloke who uh, who didn't really want to kind of play by the rules which had sort of garnered the, the, the team up until that point a great deal of success yeah well, and that that's like a couple of chapters ago really yeah. so I, I don't know whether that was that might have been do you think that was uh, individuals I think that was two individuals not yeah. seeing eye to eye and might have there might have been some build up there have obviously been teammates in New South Wales for a while or, you know uh, not in the change room you obviously hear it's stories of what happened and why yeah. and and the frosted I know, tips, the frosted yeah, guy. I know tips. who I'd back in a fight. Because <laughs> yeah. cra- crazy guy, Cadditch. <laughs> the, the Eastern European yeah. uh, heritage. You don't want to muck around with that bloke, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, it, we're lucky it didn't come to that because we would have... Well, actually, maybe maybe we, 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 we it would have been good if it came to that because we would have had the review a lot sooner and we wouldn't have had... Um, our entire nation, people who follow and don't follow cricket calling for a public beheading of Bancroft and Steve Smith about a year ago. But look, it's uh, it's we're in the middle of a heat wave. We've had uh, a week full of over 40 degrees here in the Channel Country. So it's getting a bit hot in the booth. Um, we'll just we'll just finish by asking, Ed, what's next for you, mate? Oh, I don't know, actually. I haven't. I mean, tra- I'm I'm still in transition, yeah. you know, yeah. and that that's from professional sport to the real world, not yeah. otherwise. Um, you tell people you're in transition. People look at you a bit strangely these days. Yeah, um, it's 2019. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. right. Um, which is fine. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so what's next? I'm, I'm enjoying my job. What you know, I, I don't know what the future holds, but yeah. you know, we'll keep keep the eyes open and a couple more copies. Oh yeah, definitely a few cashies here and there. So if there, if there's anyone out there that yeah. needs, you know, oh, I've got all gears. Like yeah. I can do school events, yeah. I can do you know big corporate yeah. dues, you know charity dues, yeah. and you can raise capital at the same time. That's exactly know? right. I can do the full the full shebang. Actually, yeah. you'd be <laughs> so a good versatile. So Is versatile. Spin King still around? You'd be a good ambassador for Spin King. I don't know. I don't know if the ambassador jobs are that uh, good for no, me. No, I, like, think, I, I think if anything, you've you'd be a good ambassador f- for county these days you know oh yeah yeah absolutely and the you maker know. of the premier cricket bat county or indeed tripod which is a really convenient coffee uh capsule pod, capsule yeah, system yeah. anyway thanks for joining us <laughs> boys absolute pleasure thanks, first thanks, podcast Ed. of the year thank you ed
And that was Ed Cowan. Uh, should be an interesting uh, blowback on this. He's, he's said a lot of things. He's named a lot of names. And, and that, that's good. That's what we like to see from our guests and from our former players who can actually talk about the game and, uh, and you know, and the circles that they move in uh, without fear of, uh, you know, losing out on any corpies or cashies, as he calls them. Yeah, he certainly is one of the more eloquent uh, cr- cricketers that I've had the privilege of speaking to. But uh, I'm sure there are some out there who are who are just as capable of stringing a few words together as Ed was. And uh, I I look forward to seeing him again uh, when we take on the Sri Lankans down there in Canberra. That's it for this week. I'm Clancy Overall. You be kind to each other. And my name is Errol Parker. Stay out of the poker.